At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by Profoto, the light shaping company. Profoto doesn't do complicated. Our photography lighting products are quick and easy to set up and use. That's probably why everyone, from aspiring photographers to the world's best image creators, absolutely love them. That and the fact that they help produce breathtakingly stunning pictures, of course. We get quite passionate about that. Visit Profoto's website for inspirational articles with the world's best photographers, hands-on tips and tricks to take your photography to the next level, and buy your Profoto products online at www.profoto.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Taya, and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I interview Alexandra Sophie, a French photographer who's had massive success in the fashion industry. She's taken photos for Vogue, Swarovski, Harper's Bazaar, and many other companies. She has a lot of incredible stories to share about her journey. Please enjoy. Hey, Alexandra, welcome to the podcast. It's amazing to have you here. Please feel free to introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. It's so nice to meet you finally after all this time. As you already know, I'm Alexandra Sophie, and I'm a photographer from France, and I still live here in the French countryside near Switzerland. And I've been taking photos since forever or as early as I remember. I started with some disposable cameras when I was a child, and uh, here I am now, a bit grown up, <laughs> working for some big fashion magazines. So I was so excited to see when you asked me for to do this interview, and I hope. So I'm using a Canon 5D Mark III with uh, the cheapest lens available, the 50 millimeter 1.8, and I'm shooting everything with that. So okay. Um, oh really? Oh, I'm very surprised because your work looks very deeply professional, especially in the campaigns that you've done for the companies that we'll talk about in the interview. And I, I really thought you had uh, 
super professional equipment with a ton of lenses. So I'm very impressed and very surprised. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, I've always been working with that. And for some reason, I can't use anything else. I love them. The fact that it's me who have to move around, find the right angles. It's me. I'm jumping everywhere on set, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't wonderful. know. It's just flew with me, the, the camera and that lens. And no, I'm, it's like my eye. <laughs> That's incredible. And you said that you got into photography at a pretty young age. How did you discover your passion for it? Actually, I had to stop school very early because I have some health issues and I had to stay at home all day and I have no friends. I'm just here at home uh, doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just naturally came to me. My dad has a, had a video recorder, but you know, the terrible stuff at the time. <laughs> like, it's like two megapixels uh, that you need to do cassettes inside. And uh, I just use this and I take photos of just whatever is around, like flowers, leaves, uh, mushrooms <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> slowly, slowly, it, um, I don't know, um, I feel I've got used to it. My eye got trained and I started asking for better cameras and save up a bit my birthday money and so on. I also spent a lot of time on DeviantArt at quite an early age. It's true. I must credit DeviantArt too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. DeviantArt, I feel like, is a, a source or was a source of inspiration for many photographers. And it still is uh, pretty active today, but not as much as it used to be. But it's really fascinating that so many people, including myself, were able to discover their passion for photography through it. Yeah, and it was a time where there was no social medias like now. It was really the place for photographers and artists in general. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and every kind of art from uh, even poetry or designs, architecture. (laughs) It was like the place to be and to... In a way, I find it sad. And sometimes I think that now there's not as many young photographers as before. I don't know if you feel that too, but... Mm. No. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I've noticed a lot of young photographers, but I guess most of them are following very specific trends on Instagram. And I guess it's just harder to find specific individuals, maybe, because mm-hmm. they're all in one specific space. But yeah, that is an interesting point to make. Yeah, and we grew too on the DeviantArt style, maybe. And after everyone finds their own way and their own journey, it's so interesting to watch. <laughs> it is very interesting. Yeah. And I really love the way that you got into photography. It's beautiful that you were able to turn your health issues into a creative outlet too, because you had all this free time and you weren't able to go out as much as you said, but you still chose to take photographs and be creative. I think that's a very beautiful thing. Uh, thank you. And after it also helped me out because I'm um, with that photography uh, reason, I managed to find new friends or contact people and got in touch with girls my age. So it was also a perfect opportunity in every way to take me out of this weird time in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel that you've always had a very distinct style as a photographer. Even back when I found your work on DeviantArt, your work was already really, really specific in its style. How would you define your style? I would say it's bright, sunny, 
Flory. <laughs> <laughs> and everything you can include in that description. And however, I, I always try to portray strong people. And I always put a very strong uh, point to not have uh, too much uh, romanticism. And it's not always easy because my work is on the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that the models in your work, many of whom are women, look very powerful and confident. And I love the way that you achieved that. It's it's clear in all of your pictures. Ah, thank you. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> oh, for sure. I noticed that. And you have achieved so much already at a young age. You've worked with Harper's Bazaar, Vogue China, Vogue Japan, and many more leading fashion magazines. What is the process of shooting for such companies like? Uh, it depends. Each magazine has a different um, process. But sometimes uh, one thing is sure is that they contact me because they like my style, my work. So the goal is really to do what I want and to keep in mind that I'm shooting my work. And uh, then they just act like a sponsor, you know. They give mm-hmm. me access to the top models, to big brands and the big teams so all i have to do is be here and do my thing just supported with all these people but it's true sometimes it's not as easy as we think because on set sometimes we are like 25 people and everyone has their own point of view everyone is constantly uh, want to put their own touch to it so i have to navigate through this and make a work that will please everyone mm-hmm. And that's yeah, still that sounds uh, challenging. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Since I'm kind of shy, sometimes uh, I don't like when it's big crowd. And so sometimes we can ask a uh, part of the team uh, to be in the back and not everyone staring at the actual scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good that they are able to give you that space. But I understand how challenging it is because, as you said, it's like, 25 people, that's a lot. And you don't really imagine that when you look at pictures like that in fashion magazines. You, oh, yeah. you never really imagine how many people are in the background preparing yeah, everything. It must be really idea. hectic. It's like some crazy sets and uh, so many tools. There's like uh, three assistants just behind me. And, and after wow. that, you know, um, we choose the photos, the final photos. So some magazines are more listening to the photographer they let me choose what i want but some others they're more specific because there's quite a few rules you know uh, sometimes some brands will pay for some ad space in the magazine so they have uh, we absolutely have to feature their clothing their jewelries just because they pay for ads in the magazine too so yeah. sometimes it's uh, you know you these these rules that sometimes you need to see more that clothes than this one because that brand paid for more advertisement space in that magazine. Mm. <laughs> for, let's say that brand pays for four pages uh, in the beginning of the magazine. So you need to show it more, you know. <laughs> so it's a lot of um, friendship and uh, lobbying kind of. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. And... But I do like what you said about the mindset that you have on a set because you you said that you prefer or you don't prefer, but you know why they hired you in the first place. So you stay authentic to your style, which I think is very difficult to do when you are surrounded by a lot of people and you do have these brands expecting you to include them. 
in your pictures, but you do such a beautiful, wonderful job of still remaining authentic to your foot photography. I think that's quite a skill and a difficult one to develop. Yeah, it's really something I would never have thought of uh, before because it's uh, it's very demanding and it's not at all as easy as just uh, me and just some uh, girl from my village and we just go to some random field and we take photo and it takes like five minutes and I have like 10 great photos and it's so much yeah. more easy that way, but that's the way I should uh, mm-hmm. just learn yeah. and adaptive skills and somehow it works. Yes, it works very, very well. And it's worked so well, in fact, that Forbes added you to their 30 under 30 list a few years ago. You've had massive success since a young age, which is incredible. In your opinion, what makes a successful photographer? So I think really it's maintaining your style. And as we just said, like staying true to yourself, because these just thousands and thousands of photographers and uh, brands and people, they need some specific vision and they will hire you for that. It's no need to try to get to a specific style which is not yours because it's your very uh, uniqueness that will be looked for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I really also, like that advice. Yeah, and it's also a lot of work uh, mm-hmm. maintaining uh, this uh, for example, the social media, which I absolutely am terrible with, especially Instagram. But it's a lot of work. It's a full-time job to maintain that. And you can see I'm not at all the best example for that, but <laughs> it would be even better if I was. And uh, yeah, keep in touch always, maintain uh, relationships with everybody. Always uh, find the balance between your personal work, uh, which... Uh, will always be more you than any paid uh, job, of course. So that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's all very, very good advice. And I truly also believe that you have to stay true to your work, no matter what, no matter who you're working for, and also not to copy anybody else's style. And I think copying somebody else's style is a very important part of a beginner's journey, I think, because I copied a lot of people's styles, to be honest with you, when I first started out. And it's through that that you learn. But I think ultimately, you will find that you have your own style. Every photographer, regardless of how much they doubt themselves, they all have a style. Like Ultimately, you just need to find it. So I really like what you said about that, about developing your style and embracing your uniqueness. Yeah, and it's sometimes it's not even intentional to copy a style. I don't know, it's just the influences are everywhere. And mm-hmm. of course, we all have our preferences and we just navigate through that. But uh, I must admit, me too, uh, as you said on DeviantArt, you, when you are just a child and you open that website uh, or like any other website now, like Instagram, and it's just so much just like absorbed into that black hole of things. And <laughs> you just start and find inspiration like, oh, this looks nice. What if... Uh, Am I able to shoot it too? And like that, it's tiny steps and somehow it evolves. Yes, it's a magical process because you you start with this little seed of inspiration and then you develop it with time. You get to know different people. And even if it feels like this intimidating journey and you feel like you will never improve, you do with time improve. And before you know it, you have your own style. So to me, it has always felt like magic. 
Yeah, and you don't even see it happening. You just when you look back at your old photos and you're like, whoa, it's me. I saw this. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes I look at my old work and I'm inspired by how persistent I was because I was super persistent yeah. back then. I really wanted to take good pictures. And it's it's really nice to look back and compare your past work to your current work. It's in many ways very surprising and encouraging. So I encourage the listeners to do that from time to time, to look back on their old work. Yeah, it's true. You know, now that you say that, I'm thinking uh, before I used to take so much time to get a right shot, to learn or to use a camera on manual mode. And now um, I'm not sure if I would be so persistent like that. And it's sad <laughs> in a way. <laughs> yeah. I'm used to, I don't know, used to it and became maybe a bit lazy or <laughs> oh, <laughs> same. Too easy mm-hmm. in a way. <laughs> and before I had to do so much research and thinking and trying, trying, trying. No, uh, if I don't try, if I don't manage immediately, it's harder to get me on it. <laughs> yes. No, I agree with you. I can really relate to that because, I mean, how long have you been taking photos for? Maybe 15 years. Yeah, for me, it's been 10 years. It's it's a lot. And you get used to it. You get so used to it, in fact, that it's almost too easy to take a decent picture, you know, and that can make you lazy, as you said. Mm-hmm. And I think the any professionals that are listening to this episode, I think it's important for us to keep in mind that we shouldn't get too lazy, you know, because I think the beauty of photography is the process of learning constantly. And that can be difficult to do when you already feel that you know a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a good reminder to challenge yourself, try something new, especially as a professional. Yeah, and there's always some new techniques and new things to try. So it's like, a, because it's constantly evolving you now, even with fonts. Some people who do photoshoots only with fonts. Well, I'm not ready at all for that yet, but <laughs> yeah. It's so cool, though. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, me, I can't even get any decent photo with my phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for me, it's also a bit of a struggle. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a different world, smartphone photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Horton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. Um, as we just discussed, you have a very authentic approach to photography. You believe in prioritizing your work and staying true to your photography. You aren't afraid to dig deeper and to take photos of things that others consider unusual, which I think is really lovely. And you always stay true to yourself, no matter who you're taking photos for. 
what should a photographer do if they want to be braver in their work? I know that can be quite difficult to do, as we just discussed. Mm, I think I think they just gotta see what they want to portray, what they want to express, and then uh, doing it is not as hard as then uh, sharing the photos because you know sometimes I take some photos which I really like, uh, but then it. It takes more strength to share them on the internet and be like, will the people understand? Will it match with with what they expect of me? Especially on Instagram where it's so, so much work. So does it match? Uh, you know, people, they follow you for a reason too. Same as why people hire you. So personally, I think really taking these photos is so much easier than sharing them. <laughs> So, you know, maybe I have more photos in stock that I'm never posting. <laughs> and I yeah. use... I saw in your Instagram bio a while back that you wrote something like, I think I'm paraphrasing, but you said that you're a misunderstood artist. And I think that is a feeling that many artists feel in general because we, as you said, it's it's pretty easy to take something that is uh, authentic to you. But yeah, as you said, the hardest part is to share it because then you never know how people will react and... It, it is scary. It's daunting. And it's definitely yeah. an obstacle that is difficult to overcome. Yeah, because I feel my work is like really like me. It's me. So when I share it and it's terrible, but I'm just so depending and so stressful and always uh, stressed to see what's going to happen. I'm just too weak on that and probably not at all as mature as I should be. <laughs> but oh, I yeah, really... I would... Honestly, I really hate Instagram and I'm just joined this because it's compulsory uh, in this work right now and it's terrible. I wish I could just close it any day. <laughs> I find yeah. so much pressure and so much. Uh, you know me, I don't have photos to post every single day because mm -hmm. I'm so strict with my work. If I'm happy with one photo, that's great of a out of an entire photo shoot. So I don't want to post some uh, similar photos uh, every day. Uh, I just post the best one and that's, I'm not made for Instagram. And I think that's okay. But mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely okay. And it's something we have to think about as artists because some people are going to thrive on social media. And that's you know a result of personalities and circumstances and goals in general. Others will prefer to stay away from it. And I think in either case, you can still be successful as a photographer. You don't have to feel pressured to post all the time. That's definitely something that I've learned with mm -hmm. um, over the years. So you're also a very talented videographer. Seeing your videos is like watching your photos come to life. You have the exact same style, your photos and your videos. What advice do you have for photographers who want to get into filmmaking while keeping their style the same? Oh, thank you. Uh, in fact, it's true that videography has been so much fun and I love to see how it's just like what I see in behind the camera, but now it's shared as a wall to, to the world. So it tells a more, like a stronger story. I find it's true. Um, I really love that. So, well, there's nothing different to do than uh, what you do as a photographer. And it's much more technical. It's true, but Thankfully, I've been with great teams every time I've shot videos, so I can't take any credit on the technical side. I just do my thing and see that magical thing I see in real life, and I just uh, 
film it and evolve in the environment instead of just taking a, a photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's important, I guess, to have mentors and people who know a lot about filmmaking who can guide you throughout the process. Yes, filmmaking is so much more technical than photography. Mm-hmm. Light making and the sounds, the post-processing is a, a world, a different world. Yeah, I can imagine. And with music, do you get to choose the music? Like you filmed a, a video for Swarovski a while back and for Vogue China. The one for Vogue China had really beautiful music chosen for it that really fit the atmosphere. Did you choose that song or, or ah, yes. did the team do that? Yes, I'm so satisfied of the Vogue China one, which I choose the music, which is by my great friend uh, Woods, uh, that you may know. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> I know her. Yes. <laughs> which I find her style is just so perfect. Uh, you know, it's like magical, but still modern and with some like. Uh, electronic tones and I would have loved to have a, a music too on a, on my Swarovski commercial and basically mm-hmm. on all of my videos but unfortunately sometimes I have to go differently and brands have different choices so I have to evolve with that. Mm-hmm. But it's really really good that they give you flexibility sometimes like for the Vogue China video which everybody should check out I will link it in the show notes it's really beautiful Almost like a short film in a way, because it tells so many stories without actually saying anything uh, directly with words. And the music by Woods is incredible. And I just, yeah, I just love the atmosphere. And I think it's, uh, it was an incredible project. And I look forward to seeing all the other video projects you have in the future. Uh, thank you. It, it was really magical filming it. Uh, in fact, it's kind of like the backstage we, I shot for a story for Vogue China. And this was the extra. And it was, Amazing to see, uh, because I found that on my photos that day, it was not as easy to show amazing that place was, because it was, um, in fact, it was all shot inside a gigantic uh, greenhouse with mm-hmm. uh, full-size trees. And we had a set designer who just set up an entire apartment inside a greenhouse. And that was really crazy. Wow. Because it was shot, I don't know, in December or January, and it was really cold. And you know me, I just like to take photos outside. And mm-hmm. it was really not possible at the time. And especially uh, Lauren de Graff, the model, was wearing um, the haute couture clothes, which you can't afford to damage in the mud. Yes, so, I can imagine. Yes, all that added responsibility too. It's scary. <laughs> yes, because you know, there is just one of each clothes. It's the one that will get sold that she's wearing. So. You're just going to be so careful. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing with couture is you have these incredible unique pieces to work with, but then you have to be super careful. (laughs) Yes, uh, thankfully, there is always some team in case who can always restore the things, but it's better Mm -hmm. to avoid that altogether. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And since you've shot for Vogue China and Vogue Japan, do you usually shoot in France for these campaigns or do you have to travel? Most of the time it's shot in France. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, me too. I would love to shoot in Japan or China. But oh, yeah. The ones I got to shoot were all uh, shot in France. I mean, for these magazines. And uh, I guess because all the teams are here and well, they bring the fashion editors uh, from China and from Japan, but models uh, are here. The clothing is here. So. 
I think they just find it uh, easier and cheaper maybe to work from Europe or USA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. The logistics especially. You have to have a pretty big budget to actually pay for tickets and stuff. So it makes more sense, I guess, to shoot in one specific country rather than traveling the world. Although that would be very cool, as you said. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you do regularly travel to universities and art festivals to educate people. In your experience, what do beginners and professionals struggle with the most? The style is a big question, how to find the style, how to um, have to get your work out there. But no, um, I think that there's just so many opportunities to show the work. In fact, you just need to not be shy and share it everywhere you can. Mm -hmm. And somehow, someday, someone will find it. But just don't yes. be shy. Also, don't hesitate to not only work online, but also call people, go to places. Like because sometimes it's too easy to send an email, and people like agencies and galleries they are getting hundreds of emails. But if you just go there with your portfolio, travel, or they love that, and they get to meet you in person, and even just calling. Oh. I think it really adds uh, something new and which will show you. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's really fantastic advice because when you're online and you're sending out emails to a company, as you said, they probably get hundreds of emails a day and it's easier for them to ignore you because they can't really see your face. They don't really know your personality. But when you're physically there, it's much easier for them. Or even if it's just your voice, it really adds um, a different level to your work. So that's really, really good advice that photographers should keep in mind, especially if they want to work with agencies and maybe specific companies that are in their country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's also important to, I mean, you can participate to contests and these also, um, well, I don't know, it is in other parts of the world, but in France, there's a lot of uh, portfolio reading where some Photography experts, fashion experts will just take your portfolio and help you read it and advise you. It's also great to do that and in general just show your work and there's so many possibilities to show it nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And no matter where you're living, even if these readings are not available in your country, you can still maybe find something online where people can give you constructive criticism for free. You remember on DeviantArt when you could ask for that? When you could post a picture and be like, I'm looking for constructive criticism. Ah, yes. They added that feature, right, where you can write some big uh, criticism on it. Yes. And I felt that that was really productive because comments are one thing. And sometimes comments um, are not the nicest. So sometimes they're maybe too simple. And that's okay, too. But sometimes we really, really need someone to, especially a professional or even someone who just has a specific taste in photography to let us know their opinion in a professional and respectful way and I find that that helps a lot in the long run mm -hmm. yeah but well I think as long as you start feeling confident with your work and that means you're on the good way because you know I remember when I started to take photos and post them on DeviantArt in the beginning I felt ashamed like I post a photo and five minutes later I feel so ashamed and I have to delete it even if oh. I had to work, I worked on it, you know, on that uh, software called PhotoFilter, um, which is like the ancestor of Photoshop, <laughs> and the free ancestor of Photoshop. And 
I used to spend hours and hours and I post it online and after five minutes, I'm just like, what did I do? It's, it's terrible. I just delete it. And with time, I find that uh, that it took more time for me to hate it. For example, uh, next time I post a photo and I leave it for one entire day. Then next time it's I post it and uh, I leave it for one week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, no, I reach a time where I don't hate my work anymore. <laughs> so oh. I, I'm confident uh, there's some photos. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm feel shy to say that because it could sound like I'm so high on myself or something. But there's some no, photos no. I, I can't believe I shot them. I'm so happy with them. I feel like I want to dance of excitement. And, and I feel when you reach that level, it's good. You can share it with everyone. <laughs> and, that is uh, wonderful. Yes. That, you, and you have every right to be proud of your work. Even back during the DeviantArt days, as I said, your work was mesmerizing. Incredible work, truly. Just uh, You have every right to be super proud of your work without seeming arrogant. Uh, it's because I deleted all the ugly ones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> um how do you think the fashion industry can improve as a whole? Well, you know, I'm really concerned about the climate change and everything. And I think fashion is, I don't know, I definitely it cannot continue like that. It's one of the most polluting uh, business in the world. And, you know, it's kind of ironic because me, I never buy any clothes ever, only buy second and clothes. And, but Fashion is an excellent platform to show your work and to be sponsored, but they definitely have to slow down and create less collections and create less pieces in each collection. And fast fashion is just absolutely terrible. And mm-hmm. I hope it will improve for the best. Well, yeah, sometimes minimalism is the way to go, I guess. It is. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think every industry has room for improvement. Photography and within photography, there are so many, like hundreds of industries of their own, like fashion photography, portrait photography. So uh, each industry definitely has room for improvement and hopefully we'll continue to see those improvements with time. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alexandra, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? I would like to find the perfect peace and balance between personal work and the paid work and just have so much more time than I actually have. And <laughs> no, my dream is actually to really uh, make books and make more fine art and more shoot what I want fully with. Because in the fashion industry, it's more difficult to show more inclusivity and be it as uh, shapes and, you know, different body shapes and colors and air and just normal life. And I would love to be able to have so much time and to just do only that and leave from that fully. That's my Mm -hmm. big dream. Oh, I hope it comes true. And I'm sure it will come true because you are so deeply, wonderfully talented and you have so much potential even now as an artist, even 15 years after you started taking photos. So I truly wish you the very best of luck with that. And I really look forward to seeing everything that you achieve in the future. Thank you so much, Diane. Thank you, too. It was incredible talking to you. I loved learning about your journey, and I'm sure the listeners did as well. And I will share all of the links to your work in the description. Please check out Alexandra's work. Watch her videos for Vogue China. 
and Swarovski, give her lots of love, and uh, yeah, feel the inspiration <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Taya. I hope it will inspire or, or help anybody out there. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Alexandra's been an inspiration of mine for a very long time, so it was an absolute pleasure to talk to her. It's incredible to see her doing so well in various industries, including videography. I hope this interview inspired you to pursue your dreams, first and foremost, and to stay true to your work. See you next week. Once again, thank you to ProPhoto for sponsoring this episode. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. <laughs>